Uh, what's happening, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Crossed Up. Anthony Sanfilippo's here. I'm Bob Wankel. Early, early, early on a Tuesday morning after just a wretched, dismal Phillies game two loss to the Braves in the NLDS. Phillies had an opportunity, as everyone knows by now, to bury the Braves. And that did not happen, Anthony. And it did not happen for several reasons, which I guess if you're listening to this show today, if you're listening to this podcast, you're you're really into misery. So let's just jump right into this here and talk, talk about it. <laughs> oh man, that's that's a that's certainly a uh, a gut punch le- uh, last night. Um, I'm not certain that I agree with everybody on on some of the complaints. Uh, I, you know, I look at the game and I, I know a lot of people say you know worst loss in history, and I mean it's a bad one when you when you can put them up there. But there have been some other bad playoff losses that were, were, I think, worse than last night, especially considering the situation that they were there. They're still one, one coming can, home can in I a get, five game series. Like, can I get your top three? Cause I, I actually think in real time, independent of what happens next. Like, I actually think that that was worse than the cliff Lee game in 2011. I do. Um, um that was like a different kind of four nothing for me. I know that the Braves are a much better team and it was like a matter of time before they did something, but, uh, I, I go last night over Cliff Lee. Maybe there's some recency bias there. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, I was at the Cliff Lee game um, in the stands, and yeah, that sucked. To be honest with you, it sucked. But it didn't have the kind of drama that last night did. So I, I would put last night ahead of Cliff Lee for sure. Um, I, I think you got to probably go back a little bit and I can show my age and give you a couple from way back. But I mean, the one that probably most of our listeners got to remember is um, game four, the 93 world series. Yeah, That was like the 15, 14 game, right? Yeah. I mean, that yeah. by far is the, yeah. to me, the worst that the Phillies have ever suffered in the playoffs. Um, I mean, you know, you want to go back to, um, you know, the, the, the team that won an 80, I mean, that group, they had they had a couple that were really bad, and one is Black Friday um, against the Dodgers, uh, bad umpire call, and then Greg Luzinski should have been replaced by Jerry Martin. Makes an error in left field, lets the Dodgers win the game. I mean, they're, they, you, you know, know you know that we're in for a good show when we kick it off by ranking ranking yeah. the worst, most infuriating and frustrating playoff losses in franchise. Yeah, and then the other, I mean, the other one. I mean, you got to think, Bob. You know, in 1980 when they. When they play the Astros and what is widely considered the greatest league championship series, maybe the greatest baseball playoff series of all time, um, you know, five game series goes five games and four of the five go extra innings. They lost a game at home to the Astros one to nothing in extra innings with that offense. And, you know, just to not score in a game, in a playoff game. On, at home, I mean that that probably has to rank up their worst as well. So, I mean, I think that there have been there have been a few, um, but this is certainly top, probably top five, I would think. Yeah, and I think that one of the things that sort of for me separates what happened last night is that you don't feel like that the and credit to the Braves, right? Like they Austin Riley, huge at bat, great play by Harris to end the game. Like they bared down, they got good bullpen action last night. Like it's not like the Braves didn't show up or they didn't play, but I think for me the 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 takeaway is that you felt like the Phillies handed this game away. They like, did. This is a game that they controlled, that they should have won, 
and they didn't win because they didn't do what they needed to do. And, you know, I was talking to some different people last night, trying to get some different perspectives. And, you know, one of the things I had heard was like, that's baseball, man. Like, that's just, that's just the way it is sometimes. Like, and I go, okay, like, you know, I understand that there's some randomness to this whole thing, that, that things happen, that it's not always going to go your way, especially when you're playing a good team. But I, I came back to this game and I, I woke up this morning. I'll be honest with you. It, like it bothered me to the point last night where like I woke up a couple of times in the middle of the night. Have you ever had those losses like as a, like as a fan or like just in general where you wake up at like 3am and you're like, did that really, did that really fucking happen? Like you're like still trying to process it almost. And I gotta be honest with you. Like I I started thinking through the game and I think it comes down to three different things. Right. And I think you agree with me and it didn't come down to the one thing that everyone's going to talk about today, like turn on WIP and this isn't a shot at sports talk radio, but everyone's going to go crazy about Rob Thompson. Right. I didn't think this game had anything to do with Rob Thompson. I truly didn't. So I guess like let's parse through the details here and let's first start with what what it wasn't. And in, in our opinion, in my opinion, it was not Rob Thompson. So the, the key decision that everyone is going crazy about this morning, and I believe that Marcus Hayes of the uh, Daily News wrote a column about this, like saying that Rob Thompson blew the game with Zach Wheeler's decision or the uh, Zach Wheeler decision in the seventh inning. Come on, Marcus, be better than that. That's what ridiculous. Are, what are we doing here? So like, and I, I know a lot of people feel the same, but Wheeler comes back out for the seventh inning. Anthony, how many hits had Zach Wheeler allowed entering the seventh inning? One. What was it? A home run? What was it? It was a single to right field. Yeah, it was a single to right field and a run scored on it, right? Unearned. Yeah. And why did the run score? Because the because, shortstop couldn't. Because yeah, Trey Turner throw into, yeah. decided to to take a to take a relay throw from the dirt in the infield. I mean, yeah. and, and and try to backhand it. Like I don't even. I'm. It just didn't make any sense. If you're if you're trying to be in throwing position, Bob. I mean, come on. You you coach the game, right? And when you talk, teach your cutoff people, and actually, I it was so funny. Like I talk about this on, on Sunday softball. I mean, this is how basic this stuff is that I can talk about it in, with a softball team, okay, in a beer league. But when you go to take a cutoff, you want your glove to be towards home, so that way you're in a throwing position. Because you got to come up being ready to throw, and he's backhanding a throw from the outfield, like it doesn't make any it, it makes was, zero sense to me. It was an unforced error. There was no reason to field yeah. the ball like that. There was really no play either. Like obviously Acuna can fly, but he's not going first to home on a single to right, right. that's in front of the right fielder. It's not like Castellanos was was moving horizontally to go get that ball. It's not like it was in the gap. He caught it off, and it was a single. It was a base hit. So, yeah. like, why why is Turner fielding the ball? It, like, it just made no sense. It was just totally sloppy, totally careless. And it was an unforced error that, in some ways, did shift the momentum of the game. And, like, I know that that's going to be a big word today, momentum. And is momentum real? And I, I would tell you that all you have to do is look at last night's events to know that momentum really isn't all that real. Because the Phillies had all of it and then some. And then they didn't, you know? So, like, I don't think that beyond what happened last night, like that the Phillies are all of a sudden going to say like, oh, we've lost the momentum. The series is over. They blew a game two last year in the NLDS. We know that. Certainly the circumstances were a little different. They simply were beat in that game. Um, 
But I, I, I have to tell you, like that play for me is just it's 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 unacceptable. It, it truly is. And I know that he made a great defensive play to help preserve the game one win. And he's a great player. And we know that. And, uh, you know, I can't get on this show and start ripping him to pieces. But it's just like, hey, man, this is the playoffs. Like you got to bear down and, and prevent the things that you can prevent. You know, like that's not baseball. Like when you chalk it up and say, well, that's baseball. Sometimes things go wrong for you. Like, that's something that was entirely within his control. It gave the Braves a run. It did turn the feel of the game a little bit. And so then back to the Wheeler thing in the seventh, he goes out there, gives up a single, right, to start the uh, inning to Olsen. You, you still you good there? You take him out at that point? Well, so, I mean, it's, let's, let's, go, let's just go through and, you know, he was asked. Rob Thompson asked him in the dugout how he felt going into the seventh inning. And, and Wheeler's like, I feel good. He's like, you know, you want to have somebody up and ready just in case? Fine. And and that's what they did. Um, and so Wheeler goes out and right, you give up the single, gives up the single. Now, the, here's the here's where you got to – the one spot where I could sit there and and this is not – no one's questioning Rob Thompson on this, but we, we kind of did the other day uh, or yesterday when we talked about the game one. He's got Alvarado warming up. Not that, Now, of course, Alvarado is your, your best reliever. You want him to come in in a tough spot. And in this case, I guess, you know, you're talking about it being a tough spot if you have runners on base. But you're, you're kind of getting down toward the bottom of the lineup, right? And yeah. so the bottom of that Braves lineup, you know, yeah, you have Rosario's a lefty down there and you got Michael Harris as a lefty batting nine. But, like, the, the bigger bats are right-handed. And so, all right, well, you got Alvarado up. You're probably not going to go Alvarado – to the right-handers who are batting five, six. So that that's why he stick, keeps Wheeler in the game there. Right. And so he gets, um, who, who do they have? Oh, Ozuna. He strikes out Ozuna with a mm -hmm. hell of a pitch to strike right. out Ozuna. Right. And then he makes the one mistake he makes the entire game and on a pitch and Travis Darno hits it into the, into the seats. And that makes it four to three. Like, I mean, how do you, you can't question, leaving Wheeler in there because you want, if you're going to bring Alvarado in the seven hitters, Rosario, now they bat they're pinch hitting with Pilar, but you, you like that matchup. You, you know, you like Alvarado versus Pilar. If they keep Rosario in, you love it. If not, you like the matchup there. The eight hitter. Yeah, what if I, what if I told you, and this is something that people will point to that he is nine for 24 with two home runs lifetime with a 1.090 OPS against Zach Wheeler, right? Like, that's Darno. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't so, matter. like, right. And, and that's the thing. Like, I, I, how did you do the first numbers. two? How did you do the first two times he faced? Yeah. I, I agree. And I mean, you know, I mean, you look at the velocity. Was he throwing 98 at that point? No. Uh, but you're talking about 96. It's not like he was, he didn't fall off the cliff or anything like that. So I, I know like, it's frustrating because, and, and really, I think what's super frustrating about it from a, from a fan perspective, from Philly's perspective, period, is that, you said it. It's the one mistake he made all night, and they capitalized on it. Like, they were one for one in capitalizing on Zach Wheeler mistakes. Yeah. And their first three runs of the game, they they took advantage of an unforced error by Trey Turner, and then they capitalized on the one truly good swing that they had to that point. And they have three runs on the board. Meanwhile, the Phillies are peppering you through four innings, five innings, and they're, they're stranding – a dozen runners throughout. I mean, would they end up stranding 11, I believe? And they were 
is it two for eight with runners in scoring position? Yeah. It actually feels a lot worse than that. I'm surprised looking at this now that it's only two for eight. But I mean, they missed so many opportunities, including the first inning, in which they scored one run to really create some distance and separate in this game. And you felt like they should be up five, six, seven, nothing. And, you know, it, it is. There's It's just a matter of time before things kind of go sideways on you there. So I look at this and say, you know, Trey Turner, you got to be better in that spot. Philly's offense, you got to bear down and be a little bit better with runners in scoring position. Like you got it, you got to be able to hit more than that to beat this Braves team. And then, you know, what's the third element of this? Like, because when I look at it, the it's, Hoffman, Jeff, it's Jeff Hoffman's yeah. pitch. And Real Muto gave an explanation that I don't agree with. And, and I'll say this about that pitch, Bob. The, the one thing that the Phillies have done throughout the entirety of the first two games against the Braves is they've attacked. They've attacked on offense, stealing bases, aggressive against fastballs against these pitchers. I mean, they, they really were all over Max Fried's fastball early um, and, and really should have just, you know, that's when you say, you know, they missed a couple opportunities because they, they were on it and, you know, they were just spitting on that curve. And they've attacked the hitters with the fastballs and say, you know what, you, you guys stink on fastballs 97 and above. We're going to keep throwing them at you until you prove to us that you can hit it. And then they they approached that at bat against Riley. They got him swinging on two fastballs early in the well. He looked at one, and then he swung through one. Then Hoffman throws another fastball up in the zone, just misses the top of the zone, and Riley lays off it. Good, it was a good you know layoff by Riley because that's a pitch that he had struck out on a couple times. 2-2, he throws another fastball, mm-hmm. and this one he kind of yanks, right? It's it's out of the zone. Now you're at 3-2. You have an open base. You have Soto ready to come in to face Matt Olson. Why not? Why are you going off speed at that point? Like, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to walk the hitter. I know it's the I know it's the go-ahead run. I know. Like, I, at that point, I don't understand why you're like, okay, look, I'm going to go with what we go with what we know against this guy. And if he lays off of a fastball or I, or I pull it out of the zone or it's high or whatever, he ends up just walking. And then we go left, left on Olsen, which Olsen's not very good against lefties. So, like, why not? And instead, they went to a slider. And slider is Hoffman's best pitch. To, you know, I'm not trying to make pretend like it's a bad pitch. It's a, it's his best pitch. And and Riley one-armed it. I mean, in all honesty, if you watch the replay, he one-arms that ball out of the ballpark. But I don't like the call. I, and, and I know Real Muto explained it, saying about the laying off a pitch, and the last one got was yanked out of the zone. It was the one time where I felt like the Phillies were pitching to not have put the runner on base and ended up costing themselves. And I, right. again, so I mean, that's the third thing. I just think it was a it was a bad idea, bad decision in that spot. I personally would have invited uh, the the Soto Olson matchup in the eighth because if you don't clear that spot, there is Kimbrel getting Olson in the ninth. Like, what? Right. Are you, I, what yeah. I don't love that. Like, and so I actually tweeted that. I'm like, I, you know, like I would almost say, like, come on, let's go clear this part of the order right now. Like, give me this matchup right now. So that we don't have to deal with it in the ninth inning. I mean, that's that's I guess kind of picky and somewhat, you know. All right, man, cool. Like you're you're a major league manager, I guess now. But you know, I, I just didn't love that. Like I I would have been totally fine having that showdown in that spot. Um, 
you know, a couple people had said to me, and like again, when I say a couple people, I don't like mean my like my buddy, but like some people I just kind of reached out to and said, What'd you think about that sequencing? And they said, you know, he had an okay swing at the one fastball, but otherwise he was pretty locked up against it. And you could see he was kind of diving looking for slider. And uh they were like, We were really surprised that they didn't just stay stay on plan with the velocity in that spot. And so yeah, not so much about the lack of willingness to put them on, but just more like go attack them, you know, like, well, that's what I'm saying. They got, they, they, they went a little conservative there. Yeah. They, they were, they were worried about it. And why? Because he, he looked at one and you pulled another. I mean, that's part of it, man. Like, guess what? You know, that you, sometimes you just got to stick with what you, what you thought was going to work all along. Right. They got, yeah. they got Riley out two games. He went one for four the first game with a, with a single, but they threw him a, a ton of fastballs. They got him three times before the, he comes up in the eighth inning with fastballs. Like, why are you why are you getting away from that? It doesn't make any sense. Like that's that bothered me. That that bothered me a little bit. Like that that's not the game plan. The game plan was not to throw him sliders that he's looking for. So I don't know. And then you get to the ninth inning, and everyone wants to talk about the Michael Harris play with Bryce Harper getting oh, doubled off first base. It's a great play. Uh, it could be if the Braves go on to win this series, you know, one of those season-defining plays. Really, I mean, that, that's a, that could be an all-timer. You know, yeah. like that's one that, that they'll be playing in the in Truist Park for the next twenty-five years. Um, you know, Bryce Harper gets doubled off. I don't understand why he was eight feet around the second base bag, but at the same time. I don't care. You know, like I, it's almost like if people want to fixate on the, on the base running mistake and how do you get doubled off in that spot? Like, all right. And I, I'm not saying that uh, who was coming up behind him in that spot. Stott. Was that Stott? Yeah. Like, yeah. Is there a possibility there that Stott gets it done? Yeah, sure. Like you, you certainly want to get Bryson Stott a, a shot at it in the ninth inning. We know how tough he is and how clutch he is and all those things. But like to me, like, okay, like you, the game was lost in the eighth inning. Like th oh, that. Yeah. They, no, you know? I mean, but, but this is what, and, and I put the tweet out, Bob, on this because this is, I just want to kind of point out that sometimes we get so caught up in being aggressive and forcing the other team to make a mistake that sometimes you forget that being aggressive often leads to your own mistakes. Yeah. And, and it doesn't look, it doesn't cost them the game. They lost the game before this happened, but you got to give your, your batters a chance, man. Like, if you're Bryce Harper, why do you think you can't score from second base if that ball hits the wall? Yeah, you can. You can really, if that ball comes off the wall, it's an easy, it's an easy run. Like, like well, I mean, really, we, you we know he's going to try and catch it. If he doesn't catch it, it's you're scoring easy. It I, I think it's kind of interesting. If you go back and listen to our shows in April and May, and the Phillies are really struggling out of the gate, they're inconsistent. One of the things that we kept talking about was the base running. Like, yeah, how many stupid base running mistakes can a team make? And they were just doing it at such a, a like a high with high frequency. It was constant. And you're like, it's a group of veteran players. What the hell are they doing? And you know, it's funny. Like, you look at this series. And really this postseason, you know, I should say the entire postseason, you had Dusty Wathen with his issues uh, against the Marlins. You look at first inning, like Boehm gets no jump on a base hit to left field. I know that it's a fast infield at Truist. Like the ball gets out there quick. The grass, the, the ball moves on the grass. But like there was no shot of him scoring on a base hit from second base with two outs because the jump was terrible. Like Wathen right. had no opportunity to send Boehm in the no. first inning there. None. 
So, like, where's the secondary? Like, I feel like we're talking about, like, I feel like I'm talking about high school baseball right now. Like, wh- why was your lead so short? Where was your secondary lead? Why Why were you at third base when the ball – why were you touching third base when the ball was in the left fielder's glove? Like, what, what the hell happened there? Harper getting doubled off in the ninth inning. Like – the base running stuff is starting to show up here again in the playoffs. And it's like, come on guys. Like this game's hard enough. Let's. Yeah. Well, I, I, mean, listen, I know there's still five bases in game one. That's great. Like, I'm not going to overlook that. That's real. That helped. But like, right. you know, this is something now where I'm like, are we going to start talking about base running again, base running in the NLDS? Like, come on, man. Well, I mean, I mean, this is a perfect example of if you're going to beat the Braves, you got to be on your a game the entire time. You cannot give them breaks and, making two errors in the field and making a base running mistake while neither ultimately costs you the game. They allow the one allows the, you know, the errors allow the Braves to to kind of stay in the game and the base running mistake takes away your chance to come back in the game at the end. And, and, that, and that's the difference, you know, sometimes, and it's these little things, you know, one bad pitch, one bad decision on a pitch, like they don't throw this. But it wasn't like the Phillies played a bad game. They didn't play a bad game, but they made enough tiny cuts to have a wound open up and bleed and bleed them out. And that was really yeah. what it was. And and look, you got to suck it up. Sometimes you know, sometimes this happens. If if the Phillies are as mentally tough and resilient as we all believe they are, and they are. They don't let this bother them a little bit, and they come out and they play. They're you know a great game again on Wednesday night. Well, I look forward to opening up social media for the remainder of the day and seeing two varying opinions. One, oh, they let them off the hook, and and now Atlanta has all the momentum, and the series is over. That'll be one. Mm-hmm. And then the other one will be, yo, uh, they 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 forced the split. That's all they needed. Like that, it's all good. They're coming back home. This is what you wanted. Like which is true. I guess like if again, sure. If you would have said to me on Saturday morning, Phillies make this a three game series, they have home field advantage and the game that they don't, they're going to put Zach Wheeler back on the mound. uh, I would feel pretty good about that. Right. And I still do, but like you're winning a game by four runs in the late innings. The team is dead. The series is over and you lose the game. Like, so there's some nuance here. Like there's a little bit of like a weaving between those two realities. Like it's not that the season's over and that the Phillies are screwed. They remain in a nice spot, but like, yeah, you, you really missed an opportunity. And guess what? Like, I mean, we, we both said yesterday at the end of the show, Hey, I think the Braves will bounce back and probably steal game two tonight. Like somehow yeah. that's not how I had it planned out in my mind. I was looking more of like a conventional five, three, type of loss maybe um i don't know what to think about this series and i haven't from the start right like well, i, I, I feel mean, like i'm in a pretzel right now I'm like so here's how here's how i look at it bob here's how I look, at it. look you know we're, react, we're reacting in the moment which is what we do and that and that's all good and i i get it and it's fine but in the end whenever this series ends whether it's in four or five games and we look back on it i think that's the time where you sit there and say yeah, they let that one slip away and that cost them the series. Or they win the series and it's just like, well, we expected this to be a long series against the Braves. So we always knew that they were going to lose one, maybe two. 
Sure. Right? And so it so it really comes down to what the ultimate result is. Sure. To determine where where how you look at game two ultimately in the long term, right? Because if yeah, you win does the it become, does it become that Cliff Lee game? Because when I think about yeah. the Cardinal series, I know everyone, you know, not everyone, but like people talk about the final game, one nothing, and the fly balls yeah. by Abanez and Utley getting caught in the warning track, and how frustrating that was, and it was. But I always go back to the Cliff Lee game. I'm like, well, they lost that series right then. Like, and it was a game two. They had the opportunity to take control of it. They didn't. And then things got away from them. And like, is that what this game's going to be? And the Phillies have an opportunity here this week to ensure that that's not what this game becomes, you know? And I guess my question to you now is like, is must, is game three like absolutely essential? Because I do find it difficult. I do to see a scenario where, you know, Aaron Nola goes out, they, they lose the game. He doesn't throw the ball particularly great. Uh, and now they're, they're basically in an elimination spot in game four, and then they've got to win that and then send it back to Atlanta. Like, yeah, it's not I, accountable to win two straight games, but I mean, I don't think that that's going to happen personally. Yeah. Well, you, you, the way you look, got to look at it is this is saying this is again still a favorable matchup for the Phillies. You have Nola pitching at home, and the Braves, they, don't, they haven't announced their game three starter. And I'm starting to think it's not going to be Bryce Elder. Bryce Elder. Yeah. I don't think so. I'm not certain what they're going to do. They may go a bullpen game. They may throw A.J. Smith-Shawver, who hasn't pitched in forever, um, and have him on a short leash and then make it a bullpen game. I mean, I I don't think – so the matchup still favors the Phillies in game three. So you really want to go out and get game three because you're going to get Strider in four. Well, this is what you this is what every Phillies fan really wanted, the season resting on Aaron Nola. I, I can't I can't wait. <laughs> Well, Phillies fans can't lose because they either win the game and probably the series, or they get to bitch about Nola for the next eight months until he goes somewhere else. So, yeah. but look, I mean, I I don't think it's impossible to you know force it back to Game Five. Again, I still think the series is going five. So whether it's to, whether they lose Game Three or lose Game Four, I think they're going to lose one of these two games. Mm-hmm. I still think the series is going five games back in Atlanta, but at least. You go back to Atlanta game five with Wheeler back on the mound again. Yeah. And knowing that Max Freed is not himself, right? And then you're probably getting him again in game five. I can't imagine that they would – if they don't want to throw Elder in three, I can't imagine that they would throw him in five. So I if there are – I look at the three games left and I say, Phillies have a pitching advantage in two of the three games. You win two of them. Whatever, however you, however you piece this together, if you win two of these three games, you're advancing to the National League Championship Series because you have it and you have a pitching advantage in two of the three games. So, Phillies in my mind are still 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 ahead here, even though it's one one. When you look at it, just feels like so much is at stake. It's it's this isn't like a traditional NLDS in the sense that you're still two rounds away from the World Series. Like it feels like. You're going to win a championship if you figure it out this week. It really yes. feels like that because you're going to have home field now in uh, the the NLCS because it's going to be Arizona, yeah. barring barring a, a total collapse. It's going to be Arizona. Like you're, that's a favorable matchup. Credit to the Diamondbacks. I mean, they're four and zero this postseason. They've won all four games on the road. Like that's super impressive. I'm not trying to overlook it, but we've been saying here all along that 
the winner of the series is probably your World Series winner. And you start to see the way things are unfolding, and it sure feels like that that's the case, at least to get to the World Series. We'll see what happens in the American League here. But it's like, man, this is going to be – if you do not – if you ultimately bow out here, this is going to feel like a massive, massive missed opportunity. Like people will look back at this year, this team, and say, dude, they should have done it. They had it. Like yeah. they had it. They had it as close as four nothing in the sixth inning of game two of the NLDS. Like they were right there. And it would be a monumental miss if they don't figure it out. And I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not like, hey, how will the season be remembered? Like I know I asked you that before the postseason started, but like you have to watch it unfold and you have to watch the path of how these games unfold. And like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, there's no shame in losing to the Braves you you fucked it up if you don't win this series now like bottom line you you had this thing right where you wanted it and you let him back in it yeah I, I i don't i don't disagree with you i really don't um now that doesn't mean like i'm not and i i know i said that and like it has like this like finality to it that i i expect them to as you said like you think game five so do i like i don't think the phillies win this in four i don't I picked the Braves to win the series, like, and I picked them to win it in five games. So, like, yeah, I got this thing going five, and we'll see what happens. I agree with your premise that this still remains a favorable week for them, and I, I don't really subscribe to the like, oh, now the Braves are you, you woke them up and and look out now and momentum. Like, I don't buy into that, but I, it doesn't change the reality that that was a massive, massively wasted opportunity last night. Yeah, I, I, and that's the thing. And uh, look, I you know me, I'm I'm always Mr. Even Keel, right? Don't get don't get too high, don't get too low. And I'm not going to I'm not going to start dwelling on the negative of this yet because in my mind they still have to lose two more times before I start dwelling on the negative of mm -hmm. of, of what happened. Yeah. Um and even if they lose game 3, even if Aaron Nola gets torched, it like to me it's still not over after Wednesday night. So uh, you, until there are two more losses in this series, I'm, I'm not going to go, go negative, but I hear you and, and you're not, and you're not wrong. What do you uh, expect here from Aaron Nola specifically? Forget trying to predict the, the game outcome at this point, because that feels almost impossible. Um, does he deliver the performance that, makes everyone say oh my god i was totally wrong about him he really is a big game pitcher or does he kind of you know like a middling performance like what do you expect here well i mean so the one thing you got to keep in mind is again they're facing the braves and, and the braves are a really good team but at the same time i don't think that look i i don't expect him to get lit up and if he does he does and and that's that's unfortunate and it's it's you know, indicative of his up and down season, but he's had his last two starts against the Braves were really, really good. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, six innings, two earned runs in September, six innings, no earned runs, no runs period. Uh, in June, when he faced them, he did have a start against him in May where he got, he got hit a little bit. That was down in Atlanta. Um, the two starts, uh, you know, the, the one start in June was in Philly, and then the one in Atlanta in, in September was in Atlanta. Um, so you know, two of his two of his three starts this year have been really good against them. So I don't know is is it 
law of diminishing returns that, you know, since he's been up and down, that the next one is not good. I mean, maybe, but um, I know I think he gives you I think he gives you a decent outing. I, I, I can't see it. You know, if he gives you the same outing he gave you in Atlanta on September 20th, six innings, two earned runs. Or I think that's that's something that you can be happy with. It, it sort of feels to me like I, I sort of expect him to kind of just give you that that quality start that six innings, three runs. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. And I kind of circle back to being like, hey, lineup, hey, offense, like go win a game. Like, yeah, talk about all the, the big names and the, all the money. And like, how about how about we show up and do it? And it's it's kind of probably unfair to say that. Like, I mean, they did score four runs last night. It's not like they were shut out. They certainly missed a lot of opportunities. Game one, uh, certainly not a dominant performance by any stretch, but they, they did what they had to do to win the game. And then you go up and down the lineup and you're like, all right, like last night, Schorber one for four. Turner was one for five, but he's hitting 375 in the postseason. Boom, one for three, had a big hit, two walks. Harper one for four, he's hitting 333. Like these numbers look okay, but like I don't feel like there's been any one single guy that I'm like, man, like great postseason here. You know, like it just feels a little disjointed to me, like Schwarber. You know, he's found a way to get on base a little bit. He was on base twice last night, but like he hasn't made an impact yet. Like he hasn't made a true impact here. Like the the Josh Bell double, I guess, against the Marlins that got things rolling. Like, yeah, that that happened. I know we're only talking about four games, but like they they need someone to kind of like take over and win them a game offensively. Yeah, well, I agree. And it and it might, you know, Wednesday might be the the day to do it. I mean Again, you don't know who you're going to get on the other side. Um, I know that the Braves like the kid Smith Shaver a lot, um, and and he looked good in a very very limited amount of time earlier this year. Um, he got, I, I think he did get one start in the final week of the season against the against the Cubs, but he didn't throw long. He only threw three and two thirds. Um, so yeah, I mean, like if that's who it ends up being. That's a, that's you got something you got to take advantage of. I mean, what's a what's a twenty year old what's a what's a twenty year old pitcher, rookie pitcher, going to feel like inside Citizens Bank Park, yeah. at a, in a playoff game, right? I mean, like, you got to take advantage of that. You're you're one hundred percent right. And if it's a bullpen game, well, then take advantage of it. You know, um, if it's Bryce Elder, which I don't think it's going to be, but if it is, take advantage of it. Like that's they, these are guys that you should be able to hit without a problem. And you're right. It, it's going to come down to game three is going to be all about the Phillies offense. They should be able to score enough runs to win Phillies a game in game three. And if they don't, eh, then we're going to have an interesting conversation come Thursday morning. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at this box score from last night and I, I want to like single out one guy in particular and say like, they need more here. And like, if there was a weak spot in this lineup last night, like, I guess you look at eight, nine, one, they were combined one for 10. That's Pache, Rojas, Schwarber. But then at the same time, like it's also, they also, it's also Marsh. They split that. Marsh right? came in and, and struck out as well. And and yeah. but at the same time, to be fair, it's one for ten. And Rojas and Pache both walked once, and and so did Schwarber. So they were on base a collective four times in what you know, Thir- 13, 13, 14 played appearance. Like it's yeah. that's not great, but it's not like you know. I mean, it's not like they it was a total zero either. Like I just. I just don't know. Like they, it's just felt sort of disjointed to me. Like as I as I look at this, like Real Muto had a nice night. Castellanos had two hits. He hit the ball hard, obviously in the ninth inning. He hit the, the other out he made was he hit the ball hard, hard yeah. too. He had yeah, yeah. Last night. Yeah. yeah. So 
you know, that's going to be the thing. Cause if you look at the other side of it and I'm, I'm looking at Atlanta's box score, like Ronald Acuna is not going to be hitless forever. You know, like that's, I'd like to know how many times this season he went three straight games without a hit. I know he made an impact. He scored two runs, but uh, you know, Ozzy Albies one for four Riley had the big one. Like they've made theirs count here though, through two games, whereas the Phillies, a lot of volume and, and not a lot of punch here, unfortunately for them. You know, I will say that there is something that I that I'll give you a positive because other than you know the Braves hit the two home runs last night and that's that's the game right you know Darno and and Riley but the Phillies seem to have something figured out about this Braves team with with the way that they're pitching them I, I've never seen the Braves look so you talking about disjointed and yeah the Phillies have been a little disjointed I, I've never seen the Braves look this disjointed. As a lineup, yeah. like this season, yeah. like it, I mean, at what point did you look at the Braves and go, "Man, they really are struggling to generate any offense"? Yeah, <laughs> like it doesn't happen. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, like I, I think that there's still something there for the Phillies to kind of hang their hat on a little bit. Like they might have got, they might have figured something out about about the Braves' offense and, and a way to kind of really neutralize them. You're we'll not going we'll to dominate they- them. But, yeah, they didn't neutralize him over the last three innings. So, and and now you're not going to have if like Velo is the plan, you're not going to have that on Wednesday night. And I know that Nola, as you pointed out, yeah. has been very good against them. Uh, but you know that's not what they're going to be able to do, at least for the the early portion of the game. So, by the by the way, to answer your question, Ronald Acuna did not uh, did not go three straight games without a hit at all this year. Yeah, there you go. So you can probably lock that in on your same game parlay tomorrow night. There's a good bet, 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 bet Acuna to get a hit. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah that, that feels likely. All right. Uh, well, listen, uh, do you have a one last thing on this quick turnaround here? Or uh... You know, I really, I really didn't. I was just going to bring up the Diamondbacks and, and the Dodgers um, okay. and, and just kind of, you know, you know, get your thoughts on that. I mean, um, you know, the thing that last night, I mean, the Diamondbacks get out early again, right? But, you know, to the Dodgers' credit, they kind of, like, stabilized that and, and were able to shut down the Diamondbacks' offense uh, for the most part after that first inning. Are you a little surprised by the inability of this Dodgers lineup to really generate offense in that game last night? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think that you and I both didn't really love the Dodgers in the postseason for pitching purposes. Um, and certainly that played out in game one with Clayton Kershaw. Uh, right. But last night, you know, reasonable outing from Miller. They four runs. Like you feel like, hey, we we allow four runs at home. Like we should have a shot to to out hit that with that offense, and they just didn't. Um, the same thing with them every year. Like they just look tired and sort of old and just not that good to me. Like I, I don't know how this team wins a hundred games every year. I truly don't because when they get to October, they look totally pedestrian. Like it's a just a totally run of the mill team. Now they have, I guess, the pitching advantage in game three. Maybe they get out on the road and they swing this thing back, but you feel pretty good because the Diamondbacks, same deal here is like kind of what we're talking about with the Phillies. Like they get to take two more really good shots with their best guys, right? Like it'll be it'll be Kelly in game four and Gallon in game five if necessary, right? I mean, like, yeah. so this thing sets up really well for them. Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, Mookie Betts doesn't have a hit yet in this yeah. series. Um, I think Freddie Freeman only has one hit 
although he's gotten he's walked a couple times. Um, you know, they're getting nothing. I mean, Martinez hits the home run last night, but um, you know, Muncie hasn't done anything. Hayward is without a hit so far. Like they're not getting anything from anybody else in the lineup. Oh, it's I missed. Just, Actually, I thought Miller. Uh, when I looked at no, this earlier, yeah, I thought I Miller had gotten through four innings. They they were quick on him. He only had yeah. five outs last Although night. Although so I'll tell were, you, what was the weird thing was they went to Gratterall. Yeah, I'm looking at like, that now. Gratterall in the second I was, inning. I was like, what do you think? Like, I'm sitting there watching the game. I'm like, he's your best reliever, and you're going to him in in the second inning. <laughs> like, I mean, I get that you're behind three nothing, and you need to stop this year, but. That's wild. It was only three nothing. It wasn't like it was five nothing. It was three nothing. Yeah, and you know what's really interesting? We talked about the Arizona bullpen and how you just you feel like that they're a bunch of average arms. And last night, you know, three and two thirds innings, one hit, one hit no runs, yeah. one walk, four well, strikeouts. That's, that's why I said. That's why I said. The thing that that you know, when I looked at one last thing, it was it was not that the Diamondbacks were up two zero in the series. Yeah, it was that where's the Dodgers' offense in that game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you got to you got to do better than than two runs in that game. Yeah, six know. hits, one extra base hit the entire night. Yeah, they were they were weak last night. They were weak. They didn't do anything. You know, uh, I know you're a, a lover of the sport. How much Diamondbacks Braves will you watch? Well, I'll watch it. I mean, because I'm nuts, right? But I'm I'm 100 out on that. Yeah, I, uh, but I I watch everything. So yeah, I love it. baseball. I do, and I love playoff baseball. But diamond, I, I can't. I won't be able to bring myself to do Diamondbacks Braves. I don't think. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you'll let it. You'll let it eat you. That it should have been the Phillies. That's what. Yeah, that's I that's won't be able to watch that game without being like this fucking team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see, man. Uh, it should be interesting. Uh, you and I will both be down there uh, tomorrow night uh, for game three. Phillies, Braves, Aaron Nola versus who knows, maybe Bryce Elder, maybe not. Should be interesting. Uh, we will be back on, I guess, what, Thursday morning after Thursday, game three. Thursday morning, yeah. Hopefully it's all sunshine and rainbows and uh, we have a much more you know, this is, is given what happened last night. This show was not that negative. Like I got, I got to no. say, like this. No, it been... wasn't negative. It wasn't negative. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I thought you were. I thought you were a little bit fan moody this morning. Fan moody. You know, like fan moody, like a fan this morning. Yeah, a little yeah. moody, like you know, like it's just this sucked kind of thing. It did, it did suck. It did suck. <laughs> I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking it that it did. I just like I just like to look at it and say they could have lost fifteen to one last night, and we would, and it would have been just as miserable as the way it was. Can I tell you something? My evolution as a uh, like as a fan, it, it, it and as an observer of sports in general, like the Eagles lost the Super Bowl last year, as I guess everyone knows, and. The way it played out, you get the holding call with Bradbury, and it was just – it sucked. It was miserable to watch. But, like, the game ended. I was upset, uh, and, like, it kind of stuck with me for a few days. But I didn't have, like, this, like, anger reaction to it. I just said, that that's unfortunate. I did not like that. <laughs> you know, yeah. and then like, you just kind of go on, like, living your life. And even last night, I was like, oh, that is that is brutal. And, like, it's annoying and, like, a little agitating to watch it unfold that way, I guess. Um. 
But like 10 years ago, if that happened 10 years, I would have ripped my television off the wall. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, those videos on Twitter that like are totally staged and fake and like people yeah. are pop kicking their TVs and stuff. I never did that. But like, man, like I, I get it. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, exactly. It's, been a, it's been a long journey to just be somewhat normal. So uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say a little, little agitated today, a little cranky maybe, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I think that's yeah. probably about right, but it's yeah, okay. I mean, that's, I feel like the end of the world here. Like the building isn't on fire. I just, I see the spark. <laughs> I see the, I see that it's the fire is on the stove. It hasn't yet yeah. spread. So We'll, we'll see, man. We'll see what happens. So uh, for Anthony Sanfilippo, I'm Bob Wankel. You can follow Anthony uh, on Twitter, X at Philly. You follow me at Bob underscore Wankel. Make sure that you're following the show account at UpPhillies. Check us out on YouTube, anywhere that you get your podcasts. And we will talk to you on Hey, wait. Thursday. Yes. Did you uh, uh, do you have a some stuff coming out via email like in, in oh yes i always morning. forget to, yeah i'm not good at self-promotion man it's not my thing so yeah <laughs> when we finish recording this here in a few seconds i will begin to write this newsletter which again i'm, I'm really looking forward to that so if you uh, have not yet subscribed to redoctoberphilly.com it is free it comes monday through friday between 9 and 10 a.m expected around 10 a.m today uh and uh, that would be great much appreciated thanks a lot we'll talk to you soon <laughs>